We made it. I'm Drew here with my sister, Ashley, and best friend, birthday boy, Derek. And we just <laughs> got back from October 19th, 1984. The past. Ashley, uh, why? Well, each week we travel back in time. To the best year ever. To watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And maybe start burning down the house. Before we get into that, here's what we saw. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, as you may or may not have guessed, we watched Stop Making Sense. Not rated R, but does feature a picture of a bear butt. So there's you remember that. The, the bear buttocks? Uh, very briefly. Briefly bear. Yeah, I must have turned away when they, apparently it's when they're like flashing a bunch of images up on the screen. And I remember distinctly the when they're doing it with like the, the words, but I don't really remember the, the images. But anyway, um, if you're looking at the poster for Stop Making Sense, you'll see Rolling Stone called it the greatest concert movie ever a film by jonathan demi and the talking heads so that's the director and he gives credit to the band and more importantly behind the text you'll see the giant boxy suit that david byrne is wearing which takes up the entire width of the poster (laughs) um with his shoulders so more on that later um First, let's talk a little bit about the birthday celebration that we had. Um, We were all super hyped up after basically witnessing a concert um, as close as we could come, aside from, you know, using our time traveling powers to actually go to the show. (laughs) We saw the the filmed version of it and got all excited. And then um, we had to witness Derek's dancing all night. Yeah. Would you describe it as flaily or what flaily? Would you flaily, like flailing around, just flaily. Like a lot, of, arm, a lot um, of limbs. It wasn't placid. I can tell you that. Or placid. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's my style. Come on. Yeah, no, well, it was good. It's like those, um, those things that they have at when they're having a big sale at like a, an inflatable auto tube, wavy arm, yeah. inflatable tube man thing. Yeah. Which, <laughs> Which is, is kind of what David Byrne was doing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to imitate him. Yeah. Well, hey, you did great. <laughs> relatively good job. You did fall asleep and, 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 and tucker yourself out. But that's, you know, a good night out at the th- after, after the show. So let's talk about this movie. Ashley, can you sum up an hour and a half of songs in 15 seconds? I can do it in five. <laughs> okay, we'll do five seconds. You ready? Yep. Yep. Go. Talking Heads concert filmed over multiple days. <laughs> oh, wow. okay. I'm going to have to stop you there. So I even gave you trivia. Yeah, trivia, which was that apparent to you when watching the movie? No. So but I thought I'd throw in the trivia into the five seconds because it really could be described in one second. Yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to be difficult this time, <laughs> but. The, the whole point of a synopsis is to s- describe what you see in the movie, not what you see behind the scenes. Well, there were some different outfits on the girls. 
So I was like, maybe it is mm. different days. Okay. Okay. Mm. I'll give you that. Um, it, Thank you. Just to be clear though, it was meant like to be experienced when you're watching the film version as if you're like watching one continuous show. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it was a concert film. <laughs> and they played <laughs> Did it. <laughs> how many, I wish we had like their set list handy. How many songs do you think they played? Like 10? I was gonna say like 10 or 9, but it's an hour and a half. That seems short, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I can look it, it up. I'm sure they like extended the length of some of the songs. Um most of the they're not like the the type of band um I don't know if Led Zeppelin is a example or some Pink Floyd albums where they have like 15 minute songs they're, they their album releases are not like that but i'm sure they did extend some of them for for the the performance version nine nine songs oh nailed it oh you did not i said 10 <laughs> <laughs> um, so ashley what was your backstory with this movie and with the talking heads in general uh, no backstory the movie, didn't know it existed, but I'm really glad I watched it. It was great. Um, backstory with Talking Heads, I've heard like their famous ones like Psycho Killer and Burning Down the House, but not much of the other ones. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even watched that many concert films in general. Um, mm -hmm. this past year, was it this year that Lemonade came out? Beyonce's one, or maybe it was the I think it was the year. Two years. That was ago? a couple of years ago. I well, haven't. I don't think I've watched this summer. Oh, I don't think I've watched any. This is my only one, I think. Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting medium. It's not like the same as being there, but it is it is fun. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, I I had heard of this movie because, like, critically, um, I wrote down some some quotes here, or I, I guess I wrote them down um, later, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of the most highly rated and regarded music documentaries or slash concert films ever made. And we'll get into some of the specifics of why we think it has such a reputation. But so it was always on like my list of, of movies to, to watch, but I, I hadn't watched it until, um, until we went to the theater. And as far as the talking heads go, I'm such a music dunce that I like didn't hadn't listened to Bob Dylan's catalog until I lived in Denver for that stint, Ashley. And just like, okay. I thought that the talking heads were kind of like on the same tier of popular music as, as some, you know, not like the Beatles. Cause that's like literally the most, you know, popular band ever, but mm -hmm. I thought it was up there. So the fact that like I knew, a decent number of talking head songs i thought meant that everyone everyone knew most of their music um so I've, I've always really loved it it's it's kind of like um it's it's pop music but with some like experimental kind of like punk influence as as well um and that's going to be the extent of my music <laughs> analysis you admitted a flaw though i'm very proud of you well yeah i'm 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 transparent about my lack of of music uh expertise so i did i did have like a very personal memory of this must be the place uh the song that um plays during the film and is one of their more popular songs 
Um, let's hear the start of that. So pretty straightforward. A lot of their lyrics are kind of like um, going through the motions of, of everyday life, um, like lots of good pop music and country music, um, as Derek will attest. It's like <laughs> <laughs> making pretty normal activities uh, sound like I think that what the Talking Heads is doing is getting like existential about it but i remember listening to that song on loop when i was coming to the end of a uh long road trip and i was at like a train station and it was just kind of like really tugged <laughs> tugged me <laughs> to to finish the trip uh and i watched the video today and the music video is everyone from the band including like some of the secondary um people that they they bring in and that we see in the concert film watching them watching their own home videos and kind of like alternating from one band members videos to the next. So it's really cool. Derek, how about you? Your description just then kind of makes me want to tear up for some reason. Aww. Um, <clears throat> Savvy so, Derek. All right. You're about to go on a trip. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, that is, that is true. Um, so I had never heard of Talking Heads before moving out here to Portland. Uh, maybe I had, but I just, it never really clicked. Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, my friend Skylar invited me to go see it in theaters. I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Not that it was anything crazy, but uh, super jammy music and Skylar and her friend were just dancing in the aisle the entire time. Nice. Yeah. Like a concert. That sounds great. Was, was cool. everyone else dancing too? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay <laughs> we should talk about um our theater experience it was the first you know the opening weekend for the movie so people still were kind of adjusting to it but in terms of this compared to an you know something like red dawn <laughs> the crowd was much more enthusiastic um <laughs> during this than some of the other movies we've watched um or 1984. <laughs> yeah, no, I was trying to, I was trying to move, move on from that. Um, <laughs> I need to be in a happy, a happy place Fair. for for this, uh, <laughs> for this podcast. Let's go through uh, some of the highs and lows. Basically, it's it's a you know, a journey through the set that they performed, and and we can describe some of like the. The production and you know all facets of it but i wanted to start with how it opens because it opens with just uh david byrne the lead singer walking on stage by himself and up to a boom box and pressing play it, it wouldn't i had to reload it anyways that's fine hi I got a tape I want to play. Ooh, now he's pressing play. <laughs> Bink. <laughs> that's when the drum beat kicks in. So I watched in the in the um in the movie version, it's like it's not actually playing a tape. Here's a little piece of trivia for you, Ashley. Um 
they're using like a Roland 808 drum machine to do the the kind of like bass uh, heavy beat, but he's like going through this this routine where he plays um, he presses play on the boombox and the beat starts playing and then he's just he just has like an acoustic guitar right mm-hmm. um, and it's yeah this is one of their more like um, uh, well it's their first big hit Psycho Killer uh, but he plays it. This is after the band is, you know, more established. And so he's already subverting expectations right off the bat by kind of playing a scaled down version of their most popular song first. Um, you know, I don't know the full timeline. Maybe they had some other bigger hits by this point. But I think it was a cool way to start the show with with kind of like the let's get this out of the way and let's do it in a kind of way that we can build from. What do you think? I thought I really I thought it was incredible. Yeah. From like the beginning to the end. So, uh, and I thought I liked how simple the stage was. Yeah, we'll describe the stage. Um, so just a, just a basic concert stage, but they have um a couple of people on stage dancing once it gets started, and then the only really theatrics they have are at one point they bring in a lamp that lights on the <laughs> that lights up on the stage, which is yeah. cool just very random and then they also have like banner are they there are banners or projections or are they just projections with the red i think it's well yeah it's projectors with with yeah text onto it yeah so projectors with text and then like usually like a bright red color but i liked how simple it was because you really just focus on like david Byrne and his performers and the artists so well it it definitely evolves because it starts off with um him like i said by himself and on a messy stage like so behind him there's all these like all this like um junk space it looks kind of like a <laughs> do what it looks like scaffolding just like yeah you know what you would see on a stage when before somebody sets up for a show yeah exactly and then once the first song is winding down they actually like wheel out the the platform that the drums are mm-hmm. on and they um like you know they just keep adding to the stage and what there's there's obviously it's not like meant to be in one take there's some long takes and there's other segments that have uh faster cuts but it does give you the sense of just like it building throughout and there's in addition to like the moments you described ashley it's it's definitely not like an elaborate light show but mm-hmm. each song feels unique enough and like differentiated and then there's the dancing that I wanted to talk about, much like Derek <laughs> couldn't stop him the rest of the night. David Burns' signature like jogging move. What did you think of his dance moves? I loved him. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they were so good, and it's just his legs just like jo- like uh, I don't know, it was, like popping up and down, but then the like, people are matching him like the other artists, and I don't know, it just seemed like fun. He was having like a blast on stage, which is what you want at a concert. I mean, there was one song where he ran circles around the whole like um, the whole stage and <laughs> the drum platform and everything for like five minutes. <laughs> so he was jogging the the whole time. And when he first started dancing, he was doing like some more fluid movements, like the inflatable mm-hmm. um, car salesman did. But later, it turned mostly into into more rigid like um, uh, aerobic movements. Mm-hmm. but in the yeah that's when uh his suit got bigger yeah exactly <laughs> apparently the suit 
what stole the show, so to speak. Um, Ashley, describe the suit that he wears. Um, it's basically a giant box <laughs> suit that makes his head look very tiny and the rest of his body look humongous. And then yeah. when he takes off the suit jacket, his pants are really big too. So it's like little shirts tucked into these big pants. But um, I did read that as part of like the promotion for the movie because they talk he talks about the suit. But as part of the promotion for the movie, he did a mock interview where she appears as several types of guests. Hmm. So the guests are like a woman, an old man, and like a sleazy Hollywood guy or girl. And then he poses questions to himself <laughs> and then he answers his own questions. And so one of the questions is like, was explaining like the famous like big suit that he appears in. Uh-huh. And he says, I wanted my head to appear smaller. And the easiest way to do that was to make the body bigger because music is very physical and often the body understands it before the head. <laughs> Interesting. That's so the you read that from a larger interview mm-hmm. yeah. so it's funny because like i um i read that snippet from wikipedia but it didn't have any of the the context of the mock interview so i thought he was giving that as like a serious answer uh, I mean, not that it not that it, it isn't <laughs> not that it's not a yeah. good answer but knowing that context kind of reframes that that answer for me that's interesting mm-hmm. um, <laughs> But it does make sense that, like, you know, you're not supposed to, even though their lyrics are kind of heady, heady, so to speak, um, you're supposed to feel music before you intellectualize it. Uh, Have I think. them be more body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're supposed to, like, um, feel it in your heart, not your head. So mm. I his fashion was interesting with that suit they were wearing mostly like gray jumpsuits and neutral colors um aside from the drummer who uh, went against rebelled (laughs) yeah went against his explicit david's explicit directions to not wear um flashy colors because they would kind of compete with the lighting um so the drummer wore turquoise polo (laughs) (laughs) whoops yeah um but yeah i loved the way that like the there were these two backup singers that come out around um they come out for burning down the house and i thought that they i thought they were going to kind of like that the the performance was going to have these peaks and valleys and that was going to be like sort of a a a climax early Mm -hmm. on or you know like a midpoint climax but then they just they stay out for the whole rest of the show, right? Yeah, they're like the hype women, yeah. and they also sing back up for everything. So well, yeah, ev- everybody comes out very slowly. It- it's David Byrne, and then you know, and then the bassist, and then everybody mm-hmm. stays out the entire time after that. After they yeah. come out, it's kind of like int- introducing a character each and song. They stay and those in the dancers yeah. were one of the main characters, which were really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked that they stayed out versus like I thought they were, you know, gonna get there. The dude with the bongos um comes <laughs> yes, out. Yes, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> also the is, cowbell. What is his name? Steve um, Scales. Steve Scales. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he so, also played the cowbell. He was the hype man at some point. So that's and he was your... always so happy. Yeah. Like, you just look at him and you're like, I'm happy too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, it's probably reductive to say it's such an upbeat <laughs> movie because they're <laughs> they're we'll get into this when we talk about our favorite songs of theirs, but it's it's upbeat music disguising some kind of like uh existential 
issues in, in terms of like what's the point of going through these motions. I mean, he's literally like running in place for half of the performance and going nowhere. Um as yeah. titled in one of their <laughs> one of their <laughs> popular songs. Uh what were some of your other favorite parts of the performance? And if you have any critiques, by all means. <laughs> I don't have any critiques. I liked when he played to the camera some. I thought that yeah. was kind of fun. Um, he was great. The whole band was great. I don't have anything that I didn't a, like. I was trying to figure out why this movie was like such a cinematic achievement. I mean, by people that are smarter than us, um, they they heralded it as such. Um, critics that are kind of like known for uh, their standoffishness, like standoffishness, like Pauline Kael, um, just really respected the the like uh, artistry behind it. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I thought it was really well. It was a great concert, but I wouldn't be like, oh, it's so artsy. It, Ernie, I know that I did read a thing of saying that it was like the first concert to be filmed like a digital technique, but then it wouldn't go into like what that meant. So, well, I think that was for the audio. Um, they used some kind of different. They were they didn't film. I think the difference here was that while they did have a small audience um, that they don't show very much, mm-hmm. they shot this as a they were more concerned with how the recorded sound would be than what the live audience was hearing. So they had this 24 track digital audio recording that made it um, some of the highest quality recorded oh, audio okay. that you would get from a concert film. So maybe and, it was that. Yeah. was part yeah. of it. Well, I also know that they suggested doing a like concert without any, without an audience. And the whole band was like, no, because yeah. then we wouldn't be as excited. But the but then the audio would have been better. So I mean, they don't show any wide shots of the audience. They show the, really the only time you see them. They don't even show like the kind of camera phone shot you would see from today with like everyone's heads in it. The only time you see it is when they're on stage, when the camera's on stage, and it's kind of like panning around, and you'll see like at the far corner edge of the stage, you'll see the audience there. I mean, they go out of their way kind of not to show the audience. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's, I think it's an innovative film without like cinema, uh, cinematically without it being obvious, obviously we're kind of like <laughs> struggling to describe how, it, how it's artistic, but I think that's because it wants you to feel immersed in the experience without it being like showy. So they're not trying to detract from the band, but they're also not mm-hmm. trying to use little tricks like uh, a hyped audience suck you in either they're just like letting you sort of float around and experience it with a few different unique perspectives that you wouldn't get otherwise so well that is impressive that they filmed it over several days too because i didn't know that trivia going into it but that's pretty cool they filmed it from the left side one day and the right side another day and then i guess in front as well but yeah they filmed it i read that they filmed it all the way through once so that the band could get like the most energetic you know one full like energetic performance and then mm-hmm. i think they wanted to get like specific things after that but rather than trying to make them people always actors always point out or you know i wouldn't say complain but just acknowledge the challenge when you're filming a movie that a lot of times they don't go in order so you film yeah. like a really emotional scene and then you film like 
all the <laughs> the happy stuff before the it. meat cute <laughs> yeah and in this like at least they were able you couldn't be able to do that with a concert like you would you need to mm-hmm. have the right continuous energy and then maybe you can supplement that with some kind of uh second second takes so yeah it was it was a blast um especially after last week's movie Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think anything would be a blast. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite emotional uh, response. <laughs> there is um, what do you think about so David Byrne, lead singer, front and center, probably the main creative force behind behind uh, behind the band. But like, there there's the um, there's Tina Weymouth and Jerry Harrison, who were a couple in in real life he jerry is on the the drums and and tina is um one of the lead guitarists um and vocals so jerry's on the keys well and the drums wait 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 who's on the so i got that wrong chris franz Mm -hmm. and and tina are are the couple um they actually had their own band going on um tom tom club and oh cool david was gracious enough to let them perform one of their own songs during the concert that was not a talking head song, um, which is a nice little change of pace if if we want to hear a little bit of that. Yeah. So I was confused by that song. I was wondering yeah. what because it's so different than the rest. Okay, that makes. I mean, he's sense. not even on stage for it, um, right? So he gets I was a nice like, break. Oh, she leads the taking song. A, a break from running around and dancing all over the place, and sweating. Yeah, getting yeah. getting an IV. Um, <laughs> it's it works though. Like it, you know, you the when you're just like, especially when you're watching it at home versus being there, you need kind of these like changes of. It helps to have these mark act markers if you will or something so burning down the house was clearly kind of like a a, a end of act one or beginning of act two and then this one kind of was like all right one last uh break before we get into the final stretch so yeah i thought it was it's surprising that it was able to sustain you know your attention even watching it you know recorded so I, th- I think that's the real achievement here is that they could record a concert and make it you know somewhat simulate the experience of being there um agreed ashley does this make you want to watch more concert films yeah i would yeah why not it- i mean especially because i watch i mean we watched it um the theaters but even without theaters like i could, I could watch it and like see myself like working and yeah. just like listening to it and then like panning over me like oh what's happening what a great imagination um, you have um yep <laughs> thanks <laughs> any um quotes from the movie you wanted to share with us no do you want to share any quotes with the movie oh i don't know if you have something here from for one oh, of our speeches our... oh no 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 <laughs> oh that's more of a quote um slash trivia yeah yeah i don't have any um well let's let's since this is a band let's let's reintroduce our old our old gimmick of choosing our characters um which band member are you ashley i'm steve scales i already told you yeah. bongos and cowbell baby <laughs> can you play either of those 
Sure can't. <laughs> Maybe the cow. No, probably can't. Not musically gifted at all. Derek, what about you? You know, I was originally going to go with the uh, the drummer, Chris France. I really loved that song. Um, the one that we just played. What is it called? Uh, Genius of Love. That was yeah. one of my favorite songs on in the in the film. But there's another song. I forget which one he comes in on, but it's Alex Weir. Um, he's he just joins David Byrne on the front stage playing guitar, and they just look like they're having a hell of a time. Oh yeah, this dude. I just I just looked him up. So yeah, he was like a funk R and B um, guitarist. So there's, who do you there's, pick? Um, I'm gonna have to go with David one of Byrne. The, one of the keyboardists. <laughs> there's a oh, okay. There's okay. I wrote this down. So when burning burning down the house um, starts, there's this really like spooky um, warbly synth sound played by Bernie Worrell, um, if that's how you pronounce his name. So I was I was keyed in on the, <laughs> the, synth, the synth players, um, and it's. I think that was one of the things. I mean, it's not like they were the first pop band to use um, synths, but like I read that there was some, uh, that was one of the kind of things that they popularized. So, hmm, okay. Yeah. Sure. What, um, what else do you have for trivia? Um, I'm going to hold off on one of them, but I didn't know that the talking heads were around for 26 years. Like that's pretty incredible. Yeah, so this movie is sort of the what, like the halfway point of their career. Yeah, basically the halfway point. It's probably when they're the most famous, I would imagine. It looks like sixteen years by the math that you put in the dates. Oh yeah, sixteen. <laughs> years. <laughs> Damn it, my math is always so good. Yeah. I rushed it. Yeah, um, well, sixteen years is still a long time. <laughs> wow, so impressive. Um, <laughs> I was like, yeah. yeah, so this 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 performance is. They achieved, oh man, if I knew more about their filmography, I want to say it was like early 80s when they were really starting to to like have commercial success with burning down the house. And um, Psycho Killer came out in 1977. Seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was the year that Jeffrey Dahmer committed his first murder. Well, I was going to wait on that trivia, so that's cool. But it's fine. Oh. <laughs> well, that That's was why I said I'm I not going to talk about one. <laughs> it's fine. Thanks. Yeah. Surprise. Um, and he committed his first murder in 78. Close enough. So you guys right. are both off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I read that from a YouTube comment. So yeah, I did some research. That's why yeah. I was like, I'll just talk about it later because I know more about it. But that was just it. So yeah. Fine. Well, there was a lot of people that were like, well, he was actually doing fucked up stuff when he was 16 years old. So it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway. The, yeah. <laughs> do you know do you want to save what actually inspired that song sure no. why not uh, <laughs> now yeah. it's time to take a quick break from our discussion of stop making sense and tune in to new release radio New Release Radio is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. 
The song you just heard was I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters, up three spots to number 10 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of October 19th, 1984. Ashley, is that the song that Jesse Spano sang in Saved by the Bell? Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, is she on like tons of drugs? Yeah. Like, is it Adderall or something? I don't remember. Yeah. Some kind of. Um, she's like, I'm so excited. I'm so yeah. upset. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Or> whatever. <laughs> anyway, what's happening in news and pop culture this week? Well, the Detroit Tigers beat San Diego Padres four games to one to win the 81st World Series. Woo. Go Tigers. <laughs> Get them. <laughs> yeah. um, what, what about that box office? Yeah, we have another exciting box office report. Uh, Teachers is still at number one, whatever that is. And you should watch like, it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually looked up looked it up, and it it wasn't um, available anywhere uh, to preview. But of course, we could find it in theaters with time traveling. I just didn't want mm -hmm. the audience to be left out of the experience. Um, well, that's sweet of you. Yeah, places in the heart, number two with three million. Thief of Hearts. <laughs> Oh, okay. Number three, with also three million. A very tight race um, for the top three spots. Sorry, all of me um, dropped down to number five oh. this week. But stop making sense. Made forty-two k in seventeenth place, but that was in only seven theaters, one of which we were at. So, wow. If you if you do average by theater, it was actually the number one movie of the week. So, very successful debut or stop making sense and i'm assuming because it's not like a commercial you know blockbuster type movie they started with it showing it in a few uh markets where they thought it would get an audience and it's cool that um we saw it in a relatively packed auditorium so mm -hmm. that's impressive 42k though seven theater yeah it's pretty good all right, now for everyone's favorite segment on NR84, Rank the Blank. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, you didn't do it. Derek, William Defoe. William Defoe. Too late. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. Pretty obvious one here. Favorite Talking Heads songs. Um, we're, I, I guess maybe I knew the most about the Talking Heads going into this, but I'm by no means a super fan or completist. So apologize, apologies, apologize. <laughs> apologies <laughs> if our lists, are, our picks are pretty basic. Um, we're not going for the deepest cuts. Uh, Genius of Love. That's a deep cut. The TomTom um, <laughs> -tom band. What? TomTom -tom Club? TomTom <laughs> -tom -tom Club. TTC. Yeah. yeah check T -T them out if you want um, <laughs> some, fresh, some fresh music inspo. But we're going to be running through probably some obvious ones. Ones that didn't make the cut that are super obvious would be uh, This Must Be The Place. Uh, I mentioned that earlier with my emotional backstory. Burning Down the House, which... Burning Down the House. Mm. Yeah. Hasn't been enough singing so far in this episode. Um, okay, I'll get to uh... it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're dancing the whole time, but unfortunately, yeah, I mean... nobody can see that. <laughs> um, Fortunately. 
We did get in Burning Down the House appeared in Revenge of the Nerds. So sneak preview for that. And um, one other one I wanted to mention is Once in a Lifetime. You may ask yourself, what is that beautiful house? You may ask yourself, (laughs) where does that highway go to? And you may ask yourself, am I right? Am I wrong? And you may say to yourself, my God, what have I done? (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to play that because that song is lyrically forward, at least that, that little breakdown of the song. And it sums up a lot of the themes that we alluded to earlier and we'll probably be talking about more of just like uh what's the point of all these it's this is mid 80s peak commercialism and and excess and you know they're a successful band but they're still kind of tapped into the like um yeah what's what's the meaning behind all this like we're we're just on a on the treadmill of life um getting married buying houses working jobs getting older uh and you only have one lifetime so <laughs> wow that's okay, okay. cool I'm, Sad. I'm, I'm tearing up now <laughs> <laughs> well we have um some a fun place to start at least ashley what was your pick <laughs> so i'm gonna sing a little bit of mine before we play Ooh, it because fine. i have a special rendition for the birthday boy oh, oh god no. but it's just really quick it's just really quick she goes, happy birthday, birthday boy. Bum, 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 bum. And that's it. So that's my pick. <laughs> Is there other tie-ins between the song and the birthday boy? I hope not. <laughs> so I pick Psycho Killer, if you couldn't tell by my beautiful birthday rendition. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Let's hear it. birthday blow those candles out <laughs> and don't kill anybody yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that that's one of their songs that's got like weirder lyrics i'd say than mm-hmm. than a lot of the other ones actually what was um what was your trivia <laughs> that we are? No, where you taught, where you said it. <laughs> well, that's not Jeffrey it, Dahmer. That's all I had. Yeah. Well, that's luckily that's not all I have. Um, <laughs> oh, give me, yeah, give me more. <laughs> a lot of people thought that it was inspired by the Summer of Sam killings in New York, but it wasn't. Take that. And that's oh, it. Wow. Yeah. That's that's more. <laughs> um, no, I don't know. If, Jeffrey I don't know. Dahmer. If, I don't know if David Burns talked about what you know he was referencing uh, Jeffrey Dahmer was kind of something that people were drawing a connection to or just a coincidental parallel. Like nobody knew Jeffrey Dahmer when the song came out. So it couldn't have had anything to do with him unless David Byrne knew him personally. Um, Best friends. So maybe he was just being aloof about the, the summer of Sam stuff, but yeah. Psychos were in the air. Um, yep. For me, I have a fun, little anthem called Road to Nowhere. Ooh.
so if you watch the so, video for Road to Nowhere, it's fun. It has a, a picture in picture of him uh, in a black yeah. soundstage jogging in place. Um, so a little square box of him just jogging overlaid with some footage of a road like cruising USA that's like uh, just going straight into the horizon to nowhere. And then other footage of different um, members of the band going through like the stages of their their life. Um, like I like I said earlier, kind of getting older, getting married, not looking fulfilled necessarily. Um, just doing things because that was the way that the path that was that was laid out for them and they have no choice but to follow it. Um, honestly, this kind of stuff comes up in their music. It's like the central theme <laughs> of their yeah. music is that um, life is meaningless unless you give it party. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you remember our bridge to know our hike? No. In Cal we did it oh. in California with like Soren and Chance and everyone. Yeah, and did we, we play hiked. that song? Or that no. was what it was called. Well, it was called the hike was called Bridge to Nowhere because you go like seven miles and you get to a bridge that's collapsed and doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> right. That was a perfect um encapsulation of the song. But yep. it's not like you jump off the cliff when you get there. You just turn around. I and mean you could. Again. <laughs> well, yeah, you could. That would be you know, that would be one response to the meaninglessness. Mm -hmm. um, Derek <laughs> Derek, what's your choice? Hopefully it's happy um, It's called Life During Wartime Woo, <laughs> Pumped up <laughs> uh, You Poor, know, stupid. I, I, I read the lyrics to this song and I don't fully grasp what he's trying to get across aside from just kind of living multiple lives uh, maybe during wartime <laughs> but what really got me was where he's just talking about why go to school why get married uh, I don't know. Here we here's a little clip. Oh yeah, I remember that that performance from the movie. Um that was when Okay, yeah. Um, that was when he first starts jogging around the stage, if yeah. if I recall. And like doing he, his it's weird a more hyped jig song. Jiggly yeah. stuff. More jiggly more yeah. jiggles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great that's a great choice. It's gonna be really hard to rank these because <laughs> they're so similar. I mean, usually I rank the blanks are like all over the place. But with this one, they're all good songs. Um, by the same band yeah. yeah well and from the instagram poll so oh, yeah. we had a few songs come in and one of them is one of our picks so i mm. feel like that one should be up higher Psycho and that one no oh. um that one actually didn't get picked at all which i was surprised by but road to nowhere did oh and this okay. must and this must be the place yeah so okay. well that changes anything um we didn't nominate a song from the movie because these songs are in the movie. Um, so they all qualify. Actually, so which one do you want to put in last place? Um, I'm going to put... So I tough. actually kind of want to put yours in last place. Yeah. It's just so like just you, sad and like, uh, I don't know. Well, okay, let's come up with um, 
let's come up with some kind of logic here then because i was gonna say we could just have a three-way tie but that's, that's boring. what i was thinking like, too what do like we catchiness psycho what do we want out of the song do we want to feel good um do we want to feel <laughs> yeah like... i want to feel good oh, and so... i want to be catchy but i want to be stuck in my head and i don't think road to nowhere really gets stuck in my head i'm just gonna root for mine so you I guys mean, can do it out. <laughs> yours is the most iconic, I'd say, of the informal polling that we've been doing amongst our friends. That's like people that don't know the talking heads somehow know Psycho Killer above above all other songs. So it's got that going for it. I mean, it's Shocktober. We're in a we're in a perfect mood. Um I'm always uh, a fan of slasher films and content so i win psycho killer wins but <laughs> that leaves road to nowhere in life during wartime derek since it's your birthday you can get this one thing this very meaningful second place, second place. <laughs> no 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 i'm not saying you get second place you, you get to pick <laughs> between second and third <laughs> uh, honestly happy birthday I... <laughs> thanks so much, thanks so much. Uh, honestly, I it's it's hard for me to rate these. I would give them all the first place spot. So, Drew, you're gonna have to. <laughs> wow, he's gonna do his own. Obviously, you're deferring for your I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna give my birthday present to you. Okay. Wow. Aww. This is such a um, wow. It's so collaborative sweet. birthday. <laughs> Psycho I win. Killer, Psycho Killer number one. Road to Nowhere number two. <laughs> in life, during <laughs> time. You can't even choice. give him second for his birthday. Uh, <laughs> selfish. <laughs> If he didn't have the conviction to give it to himself, then I'm going to go with my fine. my conviction. At least mine made the top three. There you go. <laughs> There's a bright side. Um, well, it's almost time to sign off on new release radio for this week and give our final thoughts on Stop Making Sense. But before we do, let's listen to a hot new track that might sound a little familiar, debuting at number 89 on this week's top 100. Eric requested this. I did not. <laughs> so, oh, what? How many? How many weeks after Purple Rain is it? A couple months after Purple Rain know. debuted, the Apollonia. Say, I finally remembered how to say it. Six. Apollonia Six. Yeah. Yeah. The it. Apollonia Six makes their debut on the Billboard charts. So the band that Prince gives a big break to in the in the movie in a very disturbing uh way um comes out with their lingerie dancing single sex shooter but mm. in the movie it wasn't clear to me that this was actually going to be a band like this band was actually touring with prince so it got a they got a little success on their own um outside of <laughs> outside of the purple rain universe so good, good for, for them, them. 89 <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed Sex Shooter by the Apollonia 6 from Purple Rain. Now back to our feature presentation. Ashley, how are the reviews for Stop Making Sense? Well, they're the highest we've ever had. So <laughs> um, it has like 100% of Rotten Tomatoes and then a 98% audience score. Wow. So I'm not sure where the 2% came from, but yeah, like the highest we've ever had for any movie. 
This is this is what I was getting at earlier. These are the quotes. One of the greatest rock movies ever made, the finest concert film. Pauline Kale of the New Yorker described it as close to perfection. So it's like, what are we, are we mm-hmm. missing? Something? I feel like we are. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe they're all on dr- They're all on drugs or something. They're <laughs> viewing it. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was a good concert and it was entertaining, but I wouldn't yeah. say it's like close to perfection. I, I guess parentheses for what it is. I mean, yeah, for the medium. There's been, there was, there was some like iconic. Um, there was a Bob Dylan documentary that came out um, in the '60s or '70s. Like that, there were there were music documentaries that got a, notor- a lot of notoriety. I just don't think that many people had tried to make, like, to capture the concert experience. I might be wrong, but I'm guessing that people were kind of blown away by the fact that you could you could experience a concert like this um, Mm -hmm. and expose it to a way wider audience than you would have ever been able to. It's like when um, Hamilton came out on uh, demand over the summer, like not everyone could go to the Broadway show, but the fact that they could see it on, um, on TV at home for a reasonable price um, was maybe like a new thing. So yeah, that makes sense. Did you um, do two true views and a lie for us? I sure did. Okay. So Sweet. this is where I read two true reviews by actual critics and then one review by myself. Also a critic, but I don't get paid to do it. So not yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pay me. Okay. So the first one is the overwhelming impression throughout Stop Making Sense is of enormous energy of life being lived at a joyous high. Okay, that's mm, one. Okay. Two is a rock orgy of volcanic power and arguably the greatest concert film ever made. <laughs> okay. okay. I feel like these are, this is, it's good. Sorry, it's gonna be so obvious, clearly. But I thought you okay. were gonna take a new tact, but. Well, not with this because it's a con. <laughs> anyway, this is just, this is, Okay. Um, You're trying to trick us. I can already tell. No. <laughs> um, what a, I can't hear the what a great movie to see on our friend's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Um, what a, how do you, okay. What a musical romp for the ears. I couldn't stop bobbing my head side to side. I felt like I was a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> a proud last parent? One isn't a proud a parrot. parrot. Um, a parrot. <laughs> Stop. Like a parrot. Stop making sense. Stop. I blew it. I blew it. <laughs> Brandon, so you know which Brandon one's down mine. the house. But I just thought it was funny. So it is, I went it with is it. A, it is a funny review. So yours is the first, right? <laughs> yeah, mine's my, mine's the one by Roger Ebert. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, again, let's. So you were bobbing your head throughout. Uh, what was the orgy one? Uh, rock orgy of volcanic power and arguably the greatest concert film ever made. See, I just don't, I don't Very know. Sexual. Well, one, yeah. we don't have enough uh, context to know if it was the greatest concert film ever made or not. We'll just have to take his word for it there. A rock orgy of volcanic proportions. I mean, he just said power. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but still, still, I mean, yeah. Talk I about sex shooter. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Ebert's review was also very effusive so Mm -hmm. but mine was the most realistic and it was fun and i was bobbing my head around the whole time like oh this is great so and 
I don't know what people's familiarity was with the talking heads at the time. I think they were pretty popular then. I mean, like, you know, not as pervasive as they are now, but like, I don't, this wasn't people's first impression of talking heads for the most part, maybe Roger Ebert's, um, who knows, but Mm-hmm. If you'd never heard their music before, um, and you heard this, and you this was your first exposure to it, um, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty mind blowing. Yeah, I agree. Um, it did win um, some awards. Oh, yeah. everyone loved it. <laughs> um, so the National Society of Film Critics Awards, it won for the best documentary. It won again for the best film. It also won at the BAFTA Awards, or it was nominated for the best production design and art direction. Sure. And then the Ghent International Film Festival, it won um, the Grand Prix for Jonathan. What was it, the director's name? Dem? Demi. 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 Yeah. So it won some awards. People loved it. What about I also, Ashley oh, Alliteration Awards? So the alliteration piece wasn't really there, but <laughs> I have a pun. I have a punny award. Go for it. Um, so my award is Talk to the Head. Instead of talk to the hand. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's my That's award. Good. Oh, I forgot to make my joke earlier that I thought oh, we great. were watching Pumpkinhead. I don't no. get it. It's not the same movie. Um, <laughs> womp womp. You should have kept that one. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, let's let's rank this puppy. Um, on a scale of 1 to 84, how 80s is this movie based uh. on things like music, wardrobe, <laughs> actors, iconicness? I mean, this is going to be a tricky one I because don't... it's it's a music film full of 80s music and 80s wardrobe in an 80s band. Like where that was by far, even though they had a, a 25 to 16 year heyday. Um mm-hmm they were definitely peaking in the 80s so this movie is screams 80s but ashley what do you what do you think well i'm gonna give it even you just said it like music or like everything it's 80 80 80 so i'm gonna go with 80 (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't think it deserves i mean i don't know like at the same time it's not a movie well it's not a (laughs) well but it's kind i mean yeah, I mean, it's uh, I don't know because the music obviously it's the whole thing is the music and that's eighties, and the wardrobe's really eighties. Was uh, there was there like anything about the performance and the boombox? Yeah, the font choice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I'm, that's that's what I'm saying. We could. I just don't. I think this one needs a special like category or asterisks beside it because it's have we haven't watched any documentaries for one have we Mm-mm, this isn't no. this isn't a documentary it's it's a subcategory of that but when you're just showing the period as the period i feel like that's different than the hyper realism of other 80s movies that are exaggerating things about the 80s this is just is the 80s like right yeah i mean but and if you were to put it on like your tv and just be like hey when do you think this was made like 80s like you know just because of the so mu- that's, i mean because it's 80s the mu- music and their well, music yeah. is like synonymous with the 80s <laughs> right so i think it should be pretty high but that's I, only one element yeah but that's the whole thing <laughs> i know it's so I, I 
I kind of like the 80s score from Ashley. From, okay. It, it's just, it is 80s. This, yeah, you yeah. think this is, I mean, I've probably made the opposite argument before, but you think you this have. is more 80s than 16 <laughs> Candles or Karate Kid? Like, this is tough. I mean, it it's happening and it's the 80s. <laughs> For, it's his I, birthday. Yeah, but that's, Happy that's birthday. lame. Like, just being in the 80s doesn't make you an 80s. I'm thing. not giving this, it an 80, but it could be timeless. Like, right. I think, I mean, I'm going to still stick with my 80. But I feel like you guys can you can bring it down, which is fine. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a. I'm 70. not stuck on eighty. Okay, so I'd be seventy five if we do the average. Derek, what are you computer saying? Um, this I, I just fixed my computer from last week's episode. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Here we go. All right. So outfits twenty, the synth mm-hmm. slash stage tech fifteen, mm-hmm. and then the music gets a, a big thirty. Mm. So that's 65. Yeah. Okay. So we're right around 65, 70, and 80. So that's... we're like low 70s. Um, I'm going to put it, let's just put it below Gremlins <laughs> at 72 <laughs> or 71. That's, yeah, I'm okay with that. I mean, for context, Toxic Avenger, 82, Except... Ghostbusters, 80. 16 candles and karate kid at 79. I just think yeah, I it's think way if, below those. If my mental math is correct, it's like 70 or 71. Yeah. Okay. 70 it is. Um well, that was that was uh that was one of the tougher ones to scale, but actually 800. Yeah. <laughs> Do you um would you recommend this movie uh to others i would have it on the back on in the background of a party yeah so i wouldn't like recommend someone to sit and watch it but i'd be like hey i'm gonna have this like playing while people are doing other things because it's, it's fun to like just sit around and watch it but i feel like it'd be better if it's like in the background and people are just coming in and out yeah totally i mean definitely watch it with a group um mm-hmm. watch it when you want to be like hyped up but maybe you you know you're doing you're going to be doing something something else well, pre-game movie action yep. um yeah if you're hanging out with your parrot friend yeah i've been around yeah you can get your parrot to just learn that the songs are really catchy and, like, and, okay, and easy so yeah you can get your mm-hmm. parrot to <laughs> just to say psycho killer them. over and over again that won't be annoying at all um <laughs> derek what do you think uh i would recommend you know to be honest when i saw it in the theaters i wasn't really feeling it I mean, I love the music, yeah. but it, I don't need to see the visuals. It's really awesome to see. So I kind of like Ashley's idea. Just put it on the background while you're having a party. Yeah, like glance. It's it's fun to see some of the like parts of the performances, but you don't need yeah. to be like his locked big suit. into it. You don't need to be in, super engaged. I mean, Ashley and I both watched it while we were working. <laughs> right. You know, in your head. Well, theoretically. In, our, in our heads. Theoretically. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You ruined it all. <laughs> I didn't break the space time continuum. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> um, it's always th- good to rewatch it while working once we get back from the theater, just as a, a, a refresher, because sometimes your brain gets scrambled um, from mm-hmm. all your dancing. So I, I'm not going to ask the remake question because that doesn't really make any sense. But coincidentally, um, this week 
on HBO. David Byrne has another music documentary stage show uh, coming out. So Dude, oh. there's there's some sort of weird coincidence with 84 and 2020. Yeah, I mean, and it might be because we're breaking some sort of time constraint or oh, you think it's us. You think it's us? we're I, doing I, it. I really do. I think it's, I think there's a weird thing going on. Um, you should I, travel I've to got, another year. I need to inspect our scooters and make sure that they're they're in tip top shape for next week. Okay. Yeah, we might need to be careful because, well, we'll talk about that soon. But uh, lastly, how should we immortalize uh, Stop Making Sense and the new release, Wax Museum? His giant suit. You can pose yeah. in it. Oh, yeah. Duh. Good one. Uh, photo op. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you can, it's one of those things where you like the, the head is cut out and you stand behind it. Yeah. And take take mm-hmm. pictures with it um and then in the background you see charlie sheen just running in place for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks on end never he's running from the rats never allowed to stop remind me what charlie sheen is in our our museum a little bit of everything but mostly a a prisoner (laughs) yeah oh yeah i remember the rats are torturing him well he's a toxic avenger yeah he's being tortured by rats he's in the children of the corns maze grasps somehow yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> um, man yeah he's he's Poor living guy. it up <laughs> speaking of time travel next week we have an all-time sci-fi classic to watch yes maybe maybe we don't the arrival the target the pursuit the confrontation. The Terminator. Hmm. Yeah, buddy. What's happening? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ooh, lasers. The Terminator. Rated R. Yes. The number yes. one movie in the USA is Ooh. now playing Spoiler. everywhere. Oh, no. Ah, don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> well, box office teaser there. Maybe it's a hit. Uh, Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> the Terminator. Um, oh yeah. Oh man, we're gonna have to make you do a bunch of accents. Uh, Ar- Arnold, Arnold accents next week. I was. Oh, it was Conan. I was trying to remember what we did an Arnold centric episode pretty early on, so mm-hmm. we're gonna have to figure out what angle we want. But in this case, Conan, Conan, if you will, um, mixed feelings on that movie. I think we all know where we're gonna be at. <laughs> for this movie so it'll be awesome to kind of dive in uh y'all excited hyped 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 i haven't yeah. seen it since i was a kid really mm-hmm. uh we have a fun backstory that i might have brought up before um mm-hmm. we'll save so. it hell yeah i'm excited i i don't think i've seen the first one in a long while but number two for sure saw recently cool well you can Subscribe to our podcast if you want to hear that discussion and many more by searching New Release 1984 on Spotify or Apple Podcast or anywhere else. That's a wrap. In the world.